Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heart and Hand is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. This season we have teamed up with Ladbrokes and we'll be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, you can get this by following the link at bet.ibroxrocks.com. That's bet.ibroxrocks.com. We'll be tweeting this bet £5, get £20 link, adding it on our Facebook and we've put it in the description of this podcast too. Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, my name's David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined this week by the returning from our foreign shores after a short holiday, Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening punters, good evening and good evening David. So Ian, we're here to talk about, obviously to preview the weekend's game, to talk about the upcoming uh, Glasgow Derby, as Celtic fans uh, like to call it in their uh, pretense that we don't exist, the club that they're desperate to get tickets for don't exist, Uh, so we'll call it the old firm game. Um, because that's what it is and uh, we're here to obviously preview that but Rangers played on Tuesday night after the pod for this week the flagship pod had come out for this week so it would be remiss of us not to have a chat about that game at Thistle a bit of a an up and down game I mean every emotion four seasons in one day that that game took us through I thought the first half was probably more equal than the first half on Friday Uh, I thought both teams cancelled each other out and with the chances that, that either team made really leading from mistakes. Josh Windass missing a good chance for Rangers uh, followed up by two misses from Connor. So, well not really misses because I thought they were excellent saves from Jack Anik who had obviously come in uh, for an uh, he seems to be the, the League Cup keeper anyway at least. So second half kicks off and Rangers don't have their slump that we've grown accustomed to. In fact, play very well, take the lead from an excellent header from a corner uh, from Carlos Peña. Look to be on the up and up, but then miss a couple of good chances. One 
through Alfredo Morelos, where if anything he was a little too confident, he maybe should have gone round the keeper, but he tried the early finish, which was more difficult. Wasn't far off, but then Daniel Candias with a Van Vossen-esque miss, rounds the keeper, just has to slot it away, puts it over the bar. That seemed to knock the stuffing out of Rangers, and they thought, right, okay, we're not going to attack anymore, we're going to sit back and just hold on to this. Inevitably, Thistle piled on and got a goal in the last minute through more poor defending from Rangers. And at that point, Ian, I thought we were spent. I mean, we looked physically shattered. Uh, Morelis couldn't couldn't run at that point. Thankfully, you're allowed a fourth sub now in extra time in cup competitions. And Eduardo Herrera came on, and Rangers in extra time were a different team. They were, and um, firstly, I'd like to thank Rangers for um, playing for for understanding that I missed the first half because I was still on the flight. So you know they let in that late goal, so I could simply have an extra half hour. It was very nice of them. Um, watched I watched the first half back, and you're right, it was um, it was a bit huff. But you know, we, we huffed and puffed. We did dominate some of the ball, but you know we didn't do much with it. No. Um, Second half, you're absolutely right. First 20, 25 minutes, we should have been blowing them away. The two misses were sitters, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, they were. Uh, and, but they, they came right back into it. I think there was there was a point made by um, Stephen Cragen that at one, uh, in the last 10 minutes, this will actually be three strikers in the park. Yeah. Whoever knew they had three strikers full stop. Yeah, I think he so, said that, didn't he? He said it'd be interesting yeah. to see the last time that they had three strikers in the park, certainly against Rangers. And, and and they scored, they scored actually a pretty decent goal. They were getting some joy from cross balls. It, it fell to uh, Doolan, who's he's got a good scoring record for Thistle, and it was a he's pretty a good, tidy finish. He's got a good scoring record for Thistle against us. Uh, I think that that's, that's now three and three games at Fir Hill or whatever the Vitalite Stadium, whatever they've, they've renamed it. But I'm I'm actually wondering if we could pick him up for like two hundred grand. Is it worth it to just stop him playing against us? That's what we used to do in the, in the yes, days, is. wasn't it? Bobby Williamson had a Rangers career based on that entirely. <laughs> uh, Sandy Clark's another one. But, uh, yeah, and what I will say is that, you know, Rangers gave us another heart. Normally, you would say, and then they, they took it into extra time to, you know, keep our heart beating even longer uh, or to keep it beating at a, a, a fast rate even longer. But no, as soon as extra time started, uh, Rangers were a completely different side. Scored two great goals very quickly. A great finish from Candias, which showed Bottle didn't go hiding after that bad miss. Uh, made made amends on the night, and then a beautifully worked and, and wonderfully finished goal from Eduardo Herrera. And Herrera looked sharper than I've seen him against that. Yes, it was extra time, and Thistle were tiring, but he looked mentally sharper as well as physically. And what I'll say about Herrera is. The two goals so far that he scored have both been beautiful finishes, so he maybe doesn't look like somebody who is going to chase down the channels for us, but I've got a feeling if we can make chances for this guy, he is a, a, a proper finisher. What, what what I like about him is, um, in both his finishes, is he's just drifted effortly into where the space is. And the ball gets to him Effortlessly so, If he drifted Effortly Sounds like a kind of Stanley Unwin version of uh, With great difficulty Indeed So um, Are you, Have you so, been on Have you been on the Rioja Since you got home No I've, I think I've just Never been off it um, So No it, it was it, it, He made the space The ball came to him uh, You know It was a, a tidy Tidy finish I love the whole BT sport Oh, is is that an own goal? Yeah, I know. For Bullshit. Oh, yeah. That you know we can't ever have anything positive to do with Rangers. But you know, 
Herrera really, really impressed me. Much in the same way as for the first hour, Pena actually really impressed me as well. Well, just through, uh, ju- just from his, you can see there's a player there. You can see the intelligence. You can see the off the ball running. You know, and again, he's another one that just drifts into space and, and, and just seems to find the ball. Well, I'm I'm going to play devil's dick advocate with you here because. I agree with you. Um, so for listeners, it's probably a fairly one-sided debate. Uh, I will try my best to, to be devil's advocate. There were very much two schools of thought on Pena on social media and on uh, Mark's website and you know anywhere you, you talk to, to your mates or whatever, that there were people who, like you and me, can see that there's a... or think that there's a player there. You can see that his mind is, is working... Working spaces that maybe at the moment he's physically not capable of filling, but you can see that he's trying very, very hard to create. And I think that people were criticising him for giving the ball away a lot of the time, but I thought it was more due to the fact that he was trying things in the last third that maybe we don't normally. A lot of our players take the safe ball quite regularly, and I think he was trying to make things happen. But the other school of thought said he gave the ball away constantly, he didn't cause much danger, he looks unfit. I I don't know. I mean, you you clearly think you're clearly in the the former category. So am I. I think that there were enough signs, enough sort of germs that something good can sprout from this. He looks like an intelligent player, and he looks like a guy who spots things that other players don't. And in a way, he sort of reminds me of Ronald De Boer. And again, before we say, "Oh, you're comparing him to De Boer," I'm not. He's not. He's not in the same league, and never will be as Ronald De Boer. But just that at the moment, he's putting the ball where it should be and players aren't making the runs or aren't arriving at the, the, the right space for where it should be. That happened a lot to De Boer in his first season and he eventually adapted to realise the level of player he was playing with. And I wonder if Peña will either bring the players round them on and say, look, make that run, do this, do it, I'll find you. Or if the player, if he'll adapt to the players, which I kind of hope he doesn't do in a way because then... Like I say, a few of our players up front are very guilty of the turn inside rather than the early ball in or the safe ball to retain possession rather than trying to play it through um, and create an opportunity. I think there's definitely a lot of that, David. And, and, you know, like you, I hope he doesn't dummy his game down because you can see he is an intelligent player. I think on Tuesday there was also an element of he was maybe trying too hard. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. You know, which naturally is going to lead to mistakes. So um, I want us to stick with him. Um, I'd like to see him get more starts, more game time, because I really, really do think there's there's an intelligent player in there that's going to score goals and create goals. Other positives, I thought, were Elton John had a terrific game on on the left wing, uh, on left back position, but on the left flank, his attacking play was was wonderful. I thought and. Uh, young uh, Robbie McCrory when he came on, uh, or have I got the right one? There's Ross and Robbie. I Ross Ross is the guy here after. Right, Ross. Yeah, see. So my apologies to the McCrorys, but at the moment uh, I know one's a goalkeeper, so I know who you are. It's just at the moment you're fairly new to me. But uh, he was exceptional for several reasons. Firstly, it was a pressure situation. Secondly. It then became even more of a pressure situation going into extra time. But he looked so unflustered in a way that Cardoso has not. Cardoso has looked nervy. That boy did not look nervy uh, on such a big game. He just played his game. I was so impressed with that. 
over and above the fact that he defended very well. Just his manner was ice cold. wasn't arrogant. It was just really cool. Just, I know if I do what I'm good at, then that will be enough. And he was terrific. And after being very critical of Cardoso for probably an hour, I thought that he did improve, although he was at fault for the Thistle goal. But he seemed to improve when Bruno Alves went off, strangely. What's your thoughts? So... So McCrory came on, and and having watched uh, Cardoso being bullied by Connor Salmon, um, McCrory came on, and and basically, I, I I don't think I've seen for such a young guy such a composed and mature debut coming off the bench, and and as you say, that pressure situation, he came off the bench, Cardoso moved, you know, they, they, he moved on one to let McCrory basically pick up Connor Salmon, and all of a sudden McCrory's bullying. Uh, a seasoned journeyman, but a guy that's been playing well in the game. McCrory won everything. And, like you said, Cardoso, goal aside, actually came on to the gate, came on to a game. It's almost as if he grew up in front of our eyes and became more commanding. It was, it, it was a he really weird He took the lead, dynamic. yeah. He, he became the senior pro and he played like it. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely the case. And, you know, it, I think um, as soon as Alves came off, I'm, I'm thinking... Oh fuck, Saturday's coming. Yeah. Oh Christ. And all of a sudden at the end of the game you're thinking Well that could, actually that might not be too bad. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be terrified know. about pitching this kid in, I've got to say. I mean, obviously if we've got a first choice that would be far better, but if we had to pitch this kid in it, I certainly wouldn't be terrified based on that. And uh, the manager obviously thinks very highly of him as well, judging by his post match comments. I wonder if perhaps that there's an element of Cardoso is Portuguese, obviously, and he sort of holds Bruno Alves in awe at the moment because it would be perfectly understandable for a young Portuguese centre back to look at the European Championship winning 94 capped legend and be a little intimidated. I mean, that's just human nature, surely. And if that's the case, then Cardoso is going to have to snap out of that pretty damn quickly. Um, absolutely understand the point, David, but you know, he's, he's, if, if that were to be true, He's going to have to snap out of it, otherwise he's going to be third-choice centre-half. Yeah, I wonder if it's maybe leading to a kind of fear of making an error that leads to overthinking and not playing your natural game, not playing the game that got you to Ibrox in the first place. But um, you, you, you could, sorry, but you, you could call that Danny Wilson syndrome. That you know, when, when Danny Wilson first came through, he was excellent alongside Davy Weir, and it was almost the reverse of, of Cardoso alongside Alves. Yeah. And then, when he comes back, he comes back a supposedly more seasoned pro, but still a young man. And frankly, can he kick his own arse? So you know, I I, I don't want to, I don't absolutely don't want Cardoso to to turn into that because I do actually think again, I think he's got the tools to do it. He just needs to. For me, it's about focus and concentration. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wonder if he's a touch inhibited when he's playing next to to Bruno Alves. And you're right that he has to snap out of that because overthinking on a football field is not a good idea. Just play your natural game. You know, your footballers their brain reacts quicker because you, you, you don't have time to think about things. It's instinct. And that's what we talk about football intelligence, which is why you can have guys who maybe aren't the cleverest uh, in terms of general knowledge, shall we say, but their football intelligence is really high. 
it's not something that you can understand. They just it, it comes naturally to them, and uh, I wonder if if he needs to just relax a little and and go back to playing his game. Now the other the other point is, and I feel like I'm picking on him, but I, I think it's difficult not to because most of the other players put in something at some point during the game. But Josh Windass had another dreadful game to the point that in the second half it was effectively a man down. And I think he was saved by the fact that uh, we we had to make substitutions for injuries, of course. So it does present us with a little bit of a problem, I think, going into this match. That We all know what Windass is capable of. He's quick, uh, he has an eye for goal. He's direct. Those are his plus points. His negative points is he falls out of games easily. If you were to be unkind, you could say that he has a tendency to hide if it gets difficult. And when that happens, he's not going to make up for it in a way that, say, a Daniel Candias will, because he'll work hard tracking back. That's not what Josh is going to do. And I just felt against against this all the other night we were effectively at times almost one man on that flank and it's a testament to how well Declan John played that we got through it and yeah. then Lee Hodson came on and did well as well and, and other guys had criticism so he deserves a wee bit of praise I think but I, I am quite concerned about that that left uh, that, that forward left flank He's um, uh, watched the second half he reminded me of Nicky Law um, that he would uh, ex- except for his fabulous flowing locks clearly mm. um, but Reminded me of Law in, in such a way that when he was on his game and when he was playing with confidence, it was always in, he was always good for a goal. He was always good for a forward pass. When he was low in confidence, he would frankly shite it and hide. Um, and Windass seems to do the same, and he did the same in the second half. It, it, you know, it, it, to be fair to him again, you know, an extra time, he, he the rest of the team started playing better and well and and he did respond uh, but that like you that, that that concerns me I guess the flip side is if we get Wallace out and hopefully Elton makes it then there's not many other um, avenues that we can go no, down there's not That's, you're absolutely correct there and I think that even the idea of maybe putting a, a central midfielder across there uh, has been damaged slightly by the injuries uh, to to Nico and to Jordan Rossiter. We're, we're very light in there, and it's almost kind of who's fit. Um, so moving on, at the end of the day, in a cup match, it's all about getting through, and we did so. So thank I you think, very much. Um, and I think that there's that there's one other there's one other positive to come out of it for me, David, and that that's Pedro Cusinho that. He made some big calls in the subs. Granted, a couple of them were due to injuries, but he made a big call taking off Morelos um, when clearly he was blown out of his arse. Oh, he was but, done. I mean, he was completely but, out. But, you know, he'd worked hard he, to, to be in that state. He wasn't a guy. He wasn't, you know, he's unfit. He'd, he'd ran his balls off, and in a normal 90 minutes, he'd be going off with, you know, the, the old cliche, the shirt soaked, which is yep. what we're after. But, but he, you're right, but he was done. He, you know, he, he, was, he was our... Goal threat, yeah. Whether we've done or not, it was our goal threat. He put on Herrera. Herrera scored. All you know, fair play, fair play to the manager. Yeah, I mean, I thought Herrera made the differences. I, I, I do wonder how we'd have done had we not been allowed to make that change, you know, had the rules not changed. Uh, it was worth it, incidentally, for uh, the the Celtic fans on Twitter who were going, they've brought on a four sub. 
and trying to get us kicked out of the League Cup till it was pointed out to them that you know we didn't just have this brainstorm that we'll just slip on a sub and see if we can get away with it. Uh, it was obviously it was obviously part of the five way agreement. So yeah. get up, Tim's. Yeah, but uh, eight thousand people in the ground, live TV audience. Yes, we're going to try and just sneak on a fourth sub. Uh, uh, if only we'd thought of this before. Uh, no, but I, I I do think that Herrera's coming on really changed it. And I will praise the side because they did a lot wrong. I mean, that's we have to be honest, they did a lot wrong at certain periods in the game. But they showed a set in extra time because the momentum was with, was with the uh, party. The momentum had shifted. They felt confident going into it. We certainly were worried and you could sense that. Uh, from the fans, certainly me and, and talking to, to my friend, I mean, we felt it that, oh my goodness, they looked stronger than us, they looked fitter. And Rangers just came out and blitzed, absolutely blitzed. And then the game management, which had been so bad in the last 20 minutes, where we basically parked in our 18-yard box and told them to come and have a go. The game management in extra time was fantastic. We just absolutely ran it out without a... They didn't lay a glove on us in extra time. And And dictated by in the midfield Ryan Jack who I have to say is um, Rod Rod Wallace must be shiting himself with his best Bosman award ever for Rangers because honestly Ryan Jack is is proven to be a sensational sign yeah I mean I totally agree I don't think anyone could disagree he's he's everything we've been missing in, in the midfield the last few seasons and I think that he's getting more appreciation because we're all so aware of, of that, you know, when you've spent well, five years without someone who could do what he does and then to see it, it's been fantastic. He does deserve a lot of praise. But but yet, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for me so far, Ian, about Pedro's team is that they can play really, really well in spells and they can do all the things you want them to do. Create chances, play fast, attacking direct, entertaining football, defend solidly, but not consistently and not even consistently in a spell over a month not consistently in a game you know that they, they, they'll do it for you'll get a 20 minute period or a half an hour period of it then you'll get maybe 15 minutes where they're not playing so well then you get 15 minutes where they're absolutely appalling and you never quite know it's a sort of schizophrenic team yeah and it's i wonder how much David, that's that has to do with the team's only really really been together for what two and a half months um Oh, that's about right. Th- thick end of three months. Um, and yes, we've had some embarrassments in that time. Yes. But I do see the performances getting, inverted commas, better. And I mean better more in terms of uh, elongated spells of us dominating. Yeah. And I, I do wonder how much that's got to do with now the team's starting to gel. It's starting to, they're starting to get to know each other and they're not just a collection of strangers. The marked improvement for me, the unarguable improvement is we can score goals. And I, I don't fear when we're going into a match where the goals are going to come from, which I did last season, I think we all did, that you would wonder where the goals were going to come from and that's not the case with this side against that they can fall out of games and when they fall out of games they give away terrific chances um, generally through errors not even errors of one person but generally four or five people not doing what they're supposed to and switching off collectively and it, it costs goals such as Partick's uh, second on Friday night 
that the team just collectively switched off and certainly the back line did as a whole and we got punished and that you know that's been the problem that Rangers have had after the the, the game the start at the weekend before Tuesday was you know we had 11 shots on target against us and eight had gone in and you still wouldn't necessarily blame the keeper for that but you know it, it, it was just I think the the type of chance we were giving up we weren't giving up half chances we're giving up basically gimmies and they're, gen- aye, they're generally coming from mistakes cut out the mistakes we win more games <laughs> you know it's, it's it's cliched and obvious and and you know but it's true if if we 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 need that focus the determination you know and the if we do that we cut out, we we cut out the crap it's as simple as that football's a pretty simple game now, uh, I said that the team can be schizophrenic. Well, so can the podcast. Some weeks it can be very upbeat. Some weeks it can be full of praise for the players. And we deserve the right to go up and down. I mean, that's the, the joy about being a football fan. And let's face it, this, if ever a weekend was going to lead to a show like that, then it's this one. Uh, should the result go the way we want, you will get an ecstatic pod. Should the result be okay, you will get a pretty happy pod. Should the result go against us, you'll get a very disappointed pod. Should the result go against us badly, you'll get a very angry pod. Uh, so I'm quite open and honest about that. It's a huge challenge, but it's also a huge opportunity. I mean, it really is because get a win here and an awful lot of the criticism, which the, the team has faced and the manager has faced will go away maybe temporarily but it will go away and it will be a huge a huge distance climbed in a very short time over one weekend if they win this match on Saturday we're, we've entered the week of the emotional curve it's as simple as that that, that for the vast majority of, of just football fans Rangers fans that I know Monday and Tuesday is generally we're going to get humped. Wednesday becomes I mean, a wee sniff of a draw after last night. And then actually last night I, I, I watched some of the um, the South American TV coverage from, from, from Tuesday night. Mm. Which, quite frankly, Rangers TV take note. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It was brilliant. Um, today, Thursday... You start thinking, God, there's maybe a wee chance here if they're all fit. Tomorrow it's going to be you just never know. And Saturday morning it's fuck it, we're doing this. Mm. So I, I wholly agree. We in the pod reserve the right to be football fans. Um, can we do it? That's probably a question for later in the pod. Um, but there's, it's for me, it comes down to a few things on at the weekend. There's the question of Kenny Miller. Does he start or doesn't he? There's are Bruno Alves and Elton John fit? And the third thing, maybe maybe the most important thing is, are we going to show Celtic too much respect and let them play and run over the top of us again? My concern is that, um, absolutely, that's my concern in a nutshell. Celtic think they are going to win this game. I wonder if our players also think that, because the squad last season did. And it showed. And any time something happened, even when they were doing okay and took the lead in the, the first game at Ibrox, as soon as something bad happened, you could see them going, oh, that was inevitable, knew that was going to happen, and retreating into their shells. So 
I think this is a better squad. I think they are more talented players, and I think a few of them are, for want of a better word, harder. But Celtic at the moment, understandably, are incredibly confident. Now, there are two types of confidence, one which will benefit us and one which will not. If their confidence is, uh, we're going to turn up there and perform like we know we can, and that'll be enough, that's bad for us. If their confidence is, we just need to turn up, and that'll be enough because of what's happened before, that's good for us and that's something we could take advantage of. But to be fair to them, they've managed to stick to the former rather than the latter um, because it's a very thin line between you know proper healthy confidence and then hubris. And at the moment, they well, so far they've been on the right side of that. Our attitude on Saturday needs to be absolutely that we can do this, that we are going to do this if we all work hard and do what we are good at and then you know if that happens and Rangers compete and maybe narrowly lose the fans will be gutted but could live with it what we can't have is another pathetic surrender like we witnessed in the last game uh, at Ibrox Agreed you know last season we went last season with a poorer squad both technically and and a hugely inferior squad mentally Um when we went toe-to-toe and showed little respect, we did very well. We would score goals, we would hold them, we would, you know, and, and, and that's not to say Celtic were on their game and outstanding all the time, but, you know, a lot of that was to do with how Rangers performed. Then if, then if we made a mistake and Celtic scored, um, then you could see us, basically, as, as you said, pretty much bricking it. You're drifting into our shell and we played the rest of the match we fear we cannot do that on Saturday if we do that we'll get humped simple as that three key areas well the three areas but the the, the three key issues within them at the back can our defence restrict their strikers can our defence work them a lot harder and keep them far more in check than we've managed to up to this point in the midfield is Brown v Jack and whoever comes out with having the better game, their side will win, in my opinion. And then up front, if we make chances, will we take them? Because there's no point in us making five or six really good chances if we can't finish them. Now, in the three areas, am I more confident of the guys at the back? I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. It could go either way. Uh, I think that they're certainly more capable than the defenders we had last season, but we've all seen enough this season that the defence has been particularly weak at times. Last Friday was a really good occasion where they really had to stand tall for 15 minutes and weren't able to. In the midfield, can Jack dominate Brown? I don't know. The reason for that is Sheep, even when Jack, you know, before he had signed for us and they were still being realistic about him, their only real complaint was that he didn't get close enough to Brown in very many Celtic Aberdeen games. However, in the Scottish Cup finally did. And Aberdeen, you know, were, were were very unlucky to lose that. And a lot of that was due to the fact that Jack had a terrific midfield performance that day and absolutely shut him down. Up front, I'm far more confident that if we make chances we can take them. Because we have Morelos, we have Herrera in reserve. So you know, you mentioned Kenny Miller there. I have to admit it's uh, maybe a kind of you know old-fashioned or, or rabbit's foot type of faith, but the fact is is that more often than not, when Kenny Miller gets pitched into a big game like this, 
he rises to the challenge. Even now, even the last couple of seasons, he's always been the guy that's been capable of popping up with a goal. And he has that attitude that I spoke about earlier. Miller has that attitude of, I'm going to go out and score against them, as opposed to a fear of them. And should he play? I would be tempted to play him on the left. I've got to be honest. I understand all what people are going to say. Technically, he's maybe not good enough. His touch is bad. He's out of form. All of that is true. But who would you rather have just in the team on the pitch on the day? Kenny Miller or Josh Windass? And as we don't have an awful lot of options, and as my biggest complaint about Miller is that he keeps wandering out to the left and, and getting in the way of the people who are playing there, I, I'd be tempted to start him, I, I must admit. So I think... Um... It's, it's it's strange when you look at the two teams that um, middle to front, you know, if we're being brutally honest, David, Celtic are really good. Yeah, they Certainly are. Certainly, you know, in fact, it goes far to say is in the Scottish game, forget Europe, in the Scottish game, middle to front, Celtic are excellent because they have the, 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 the drive, the pace, the goal-scoring instinct and they've got goal-scorers in the team. To be wanky, uh, Ian, to, to use a wanky term, a lot of goals are scored in the transition and we don't often take advantage of the transition as much as we should do because we win the ball back. Some of our pressing is excellent and we deserve credit for it. Um, under Pedro, it's it's really improved, but we don't make the most of the situations. As I say, sometimes because we take the safe ball, sometimes that someone runs into traffic, that kind of thing. Celtic are excellent on the transition. That's what they do because they've got quick, nimble forwards uh, and they find them quite quickly, and that gives them an advantage. But we do need to match up in midfield. I think a lot of our mistakes this season have come from 3v2s in the middle of the park. Yeah, We have to match up in the middle of the park, and if that means Miller's in there or Miller's on the left or, or, or whatever, then, then so be it. But we cannot go 4-4-2 on Saturday. In terms of up front, I, I agree, you know, if we've got Condéas, if we've got maybe Miller, if we've got um, Morelos, uh, then there are absolutely goals there, especially if we're, whipping, if we're either playing the channels or if we're whipping crosses in, because the one key, in, in the Scottish game, the one key concern Celtic fans have is their defence and their goalkeeper. That's where they lose goals from time after time. You look at the St. Johnson game, the goals came from stupid mistakes, balls through the channels, and they missed a sitter from a, from a cross and a free header. Um, flip the reverse, we've got the same concern. Our defence can be hit and miss. Celtic's attack can be very, very good. So, for me, we match up, we go toe-to-toe, we show a little respect... And we're in the game. Yeah, I mean, that, that, all of that is, is true. And I think another key area is we need James Tavernier to be switched on and to defend better. And if that means occasionally curbing the attacking instincts, so be it. I can't disagree with that at all. I mean, when, when you've got uh, Tavernier and Lee Wallace, much as I've, you know... Uh, uh, love and admire Lee Wallace. He can. Be, no, he w- he won't be there on Saturday though. Uh, no, he won't be. But you know, he can be defensively frail. And uh, I think Tavernier sometime, you know, if, when especially when they both go forward, it leaves us exposed. 
I want to see one go, one stay. So we're keeping three at the back all the time. And that's where someone like Bruno Alves has to, assuming he's playing, has to direct the traffic, has to tell Tavernier when to go, when to stay, and has to be demanding and commanding. I know that Morelos won't get bullied. I don't expect Graham Dorans to get bullied. I don't expect uh, Bruno Alves to get bullied. And I, I hope, and I know Kenny Miller won't be bullied. So I, I, I hope the rest of the team take that lead because a lot of it's mentality in a game like this. A lot of it's mentality. Celtic do have skillful attacking players. They absolutely do. But so do we. And if they have confidence in themselves, then. You know, there's a better than even chance that we can do something against that defence. As you say, it's not their strong point. They don't really need it to be. I'm very surprised that Celtic haven't gone out and bought a better goalkeeper, for example. I mean, I know he's capable of the odd wonder save, but he throws one in quite regularly. I mean, I personally think we've got two better goalkeepers on our books currently. But I can understand why they don't want to throw money into it because they don't really need to, domestically anyway. Um, so you can understand the, the reticence to do that. OK then, Ian, that's uh, pretty much it from us. Uh, but we always finish up with our lad brokes better of the week. So what's your honest prediction for Saturday and what would you recommend people to stick a line on? So in April's live pods... Um, you got booed badly. I, 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 yeah, I, I get booed by 250 pished bears because I, I gave my honest opinion of... I thought we'd get humped, and hey, we did. Um, on, on Saturday, if we can go toe-to-toe, if we can match up fight with fight, and if we can keep 11 players in the park, then my money would be going on a 1-1 draw. I don't have the same sense of dread that I had going into that game. But... I do accept our limitations and understand why they're the favourites. Um, I can see that and I don't think it's in any way an unfair representation. However, I do think that we could have enough about us and the result that's banging around my head at the moment is a two each and I hope that, that we do slightly better than that. But the result that's banging around my head is a two each uh, in a game that goes up and down and your ticker's going to feel it lads it absolutely is and, and lassies um, I think it'll be a game that each team has great spells and each team has poor spells and I don't think one side will utterly dominate it uh, be it us or be it them you know, short of a red card changing changing the match of course and I have a you know one team takes a lead the other team scores possibly goes into the lead and then the other team equalises that kind of up and down match I can certainly see happening so um, two each is banging around my brain but loyalty to the bear says that we'll sneak a third and win 3-2 so that that's my bet go and stick a couple of quid in your Ladbrokes account on 3-2 so hopefully I'm right well then if you want to get in touch with us to tell us you know that we're talking bollocks and we should be more staunch or whatever but remember we invented the t- well I invented the term staunch on this podcast but remember uh, if you want to do it where you can do it and that's come to Twitter where you'll find me I'm at Ibrox Rocks Ian is at Vanderhog with two G's on that one if you're going to get in touch with them uh, you can also find us on Facebook just go to Facebook and search for Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast and up we'll pop and we do try to get back to as many people as is humanly possible so please please feel free to get in touch with us 
All that remains for me to do then is to thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to thank our guest, the lovely Mr Ian Hogg. Get into them bears. And to say to all of you, if you're going on Saturday, keep ahead, stay safe, and remember that you're going to wake up Rangers on Sunday morning regardless. We are the people. Take care. Bye. Heart and Hand is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.